tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus. A probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker, and I thought, if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate, so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. I'm Jill, and this is the Sober Powered Podcast. I'll tell you how I finally stopped chasing the buzz and what I've learned along the way. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and I usually talk about the science and psychology of addiction, but today we're talking about parenting. I'm not a parent, but I know many of you are, and since this isn't something that I can speak to, I wanted to do an episode dedicated to parenting. My guest is Kevin, who is an alcohol-free accountant, husband, and father. You may know him from his personal Instagram account, The Sober Ginger, or because he leads 1,000 Hours Dry. The reason that I asked him to come on the pod is because he quit drinking when his daughter was 11 years old, so she remembers what it was like before. I think it's amazing if you quit before having children or when your children were very young, but I know that's not the reality for a lot of you. In this episode, we discuss his journey to quitting drinking, what his relationship with his daughter was like before he stopped drinking, what parenting was like for him before versus after he stopped drinking, how he told his family that he's not drinking anymore and how they responded to that, what his relationship with his daughter is like today, how they discuss not drinking, and his advice for parents whose children remember what their drinking was like. Kevin shares some stories from his drinking days and explains how he deals with shameful memories. 
So you can find him on Instagram at the sober ginger or at 1000 hours dry. And I'll have all those links in the show notes. And there's also a 1000 hours dry parents page, which will be in the show notes. So if you're a parent and you would like support and encouragement, highly recommend following that page. So let's get to our conversation. So Kevin, thank you so much for coming on the show. I've been really excited to have you on because I think you were one of the very first people that I connected with in the sober community. Um, And I always thought your page was just really cool. And then we started doing lives together and I got to know you better. So I'm really excited to have you here. Yeah, definitely. Likewise. Uh, I've loved uh, listening to your podcast over the past few months. Um, Whenever I found it, I think in the fall. So yeah, it's been, it's great to be here. Thank you. So you have a, a two-year alcohol-free bursary coming up really soon, right? Yep. Soberversary uh, part two is on April 29th. Yeah. So it's kind of weird, but yeah. Are you going to do anything to celebrate? Uh, I don't know. Um, I actually was just messaging my tattoo artist uh, again today. And so I'm planning a tattoo, but uh, not necessarily for that. Um, but that might be part of it. Uh, but no, I mean, I'm sure I'll get, you know, figure out what I want to eat and get a cake or something like I did last year. But uh, no, nothing, nothing too crazy. That's I kind of cool. go back and forth too. with Like, I don't want to acknowledge it, but I do, but I don't. And um, that kind of thing. So just makes me uncomfortable, I guess, to put it out there like, Hey, look at me. I'm, I'm two. <laughs> Congratulate me, everybody. I'm amazing. Yeah, exactly. I don't like that, but I like seeing other people do that. So that's what I always war with, I guess. Yeah. So your journey was, it was pretty different from mine. And I know that a big part of yours was, was like health scares towards the end and like doctor's visits. And, and that started to really get in and convince you that maybe this isn't such a good thing. But what was your path like to getting to that point? When did you realize maybe you had something going on? I, I always over the past, like, cause that was 2019 was whenever I uh, kind of addressed it and stopped in January before that, like back to, I don't know, 15 or 16, I kind of knew there were times like when I was like, Oh, I'm going to eat healthy and I'm going to stop drinking this month and different things like that. You know, there's different times when I tried to do uh, those types of things, but then definitely in 2018 was when I really kind of noticed that like, you know, shit, I have a problem. Like it, it was partly because of the health kind of scares as you said like it wasn't and and my health scares you know could pale in comparison to the next person but it was just all like like I always say it's always it's just those red flags started popping up and that's when I really started paying attention to it and and every red flag that kind of was raised was just another thing that was like staring me in the face of you should probably stop and what made it worse is that I didn't or couldn't, I guess, you know, every blood pressure reading, every ultrasound that told me I had fatty liver and all that you would think would like make me think twice, but it kind of just made me drink more just because I didn't know what else to do. Like I knew I needed to change, but I'm like, ah, you know, I'll figure this out sometime and until it just built up enough, I guess, to where I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. And that's really what it came down to. It got, I got to a point where I kind of just broke down. and was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I have to change, but it took a long time. I feel like from, you know, those things starting to get raised to me getting there, even if it was only in the course of a year, you know, it was many years in the making, I think. And, you know, had it not been then, it would have been, you know, at some point I would have got there, but it definitely took, a lot to get me there, I guess. Yeah, I, I totally get that. (laughs) So you're married and you have one daughter. Um, Mm -hmm. I think she's 13 right now. She'll be 14 this summer. So yeah, at the time, yeah, she was like 11 to 12, 11 going on 12, I guess. Back then. Did they ever comment on your drinking like towards the end and be like, Hey man, can you 
Can you drink like, less? I, my, Avery, my daughter, never really uh, commented uh, on that that I remember. Um, yeah, might have got looks or something like that. But uh, yeah, my wife would definitely be like, you know, because she doesn't really drink like ever. So she would always be like, all right, let's go. It's time to go. Like we're out somewhere or whatever. It's time to go. Okay. Let me finish my drink. And, or to the point where it's like, okay, we're my brothers. And it's like, all right, you need to stop drinking. Like we need to go, you know, or you, okay, we're leaving. You can come find your way home. And that's kind of how it was. Like it was never really a problem, but it was, it was always there. Like, you know, cause I live like, I don't know, a, a mile or two from my brother. So I would steal a bike and steal his bike and uh, ride home at, you know, one or two in the morning after being <laughs> there all day on the weekend or something, you know? So it was, it was one of those things where it's, it, the, things would be said, but it wasn't really an issue. She did make comments, you know, if I drove you know, when I shouldn't have or something like that. And she's like, it's going to be the end of you if you get a DUI or something like that, you know? So, yeah, I mean, things were said, but it was never really, I never, it never got to the point where it was like, you need to get help. Um, I don't know if it, if it was going that direction. I, I, I mean, per, again, perhaps uh, in the future, but uh, I don't know. It was just kind of like, it, it was just kind of like status quo. Like, this is just how we've always been. You know, she never drank. I always drank. She was always the DD. And it's just kind of, you know, we've been together for since high school. And so, you know, nothing ever, it, it's not like a switch was flipped and all of a sudden I just went off a cliff. It was just kind of a slow, gradual uh, increase over time that kind of went unnoticed, I guess. So. Yeah. More of like an annoyance than yes. um, like an intervention or something like that. Exactly. I mean, I was still, you know, doing great at work. I was, you know, providing for my family and all that stuff. So there was no, there was no like exterior uh, issues that popped up until, you know, besides my health, in addition to like my physical health, I, I feel like my mental health kind of declined to that last year. Um, and I definitely felt that more and I never said anything, you know, obviously, but I don't know if it was more noticeable, but that's a lot of the reasons why I was up late at night drinking by myself was just because everything going on in my head and those thoughts of, you know, why can't I stop as I'm drinking and all that was kind of tough. Was it hard to parent? It was hard to, for me to be a good wife and partner, but I can imagine having a 10 or 11 year old in the last couple of years that must have been tough to to parent and give her like enough time or um, maybe like you had a shorter fuse or something so was that tough for you yeah definitely the fuse was much shorter um I was definitely quick to get annoyed especially when I was hungover or if I was drinking or whatever and, and you know it's not like I was drinking every day and it's not like I was every time I drank it's not like I was drinking a ton but if I drank five six nights a week like three of those four, three or four of those nights were a lot so I'm just saying there's like there was you know peaks and valleys of of when I tried to okay I'm gonna I'm not gonna drink today and then I didn't drink today and I'm not gonna drink until Friday and then it would you know two days later if I made it there you know I would be like all right well it's good enough it's close enough it's Thursday but that kind of stress just added to my own mental, you know, issues where I was struggling with that. So anything that popped up, you know, with my daughter, like might've just annoyed me that much more, but yeah, waking up hungover on a weekend when she has a eight or nine o'clock soccer game and being like, ah, you know what, I'll go tomorrow or I'll catch the game this afternoon or, you know, so I'd be missing games if it was like early in the morning or, I also used, you know, I feel like I use the excuse of work because I kind of threw myself into work a lot um, those last couple of years. And, you know, I can't make it. I got to work, which I did to a point. And then I would, you know, maybe just start drinking at that point. So, yes, it, it definitely was a lot harder to to parent and to be a good parent, let's say. And, and you know, obviously, I'm not 
saying I'm, I'm, I'm all good now, but, uh, you know, it, it definitely, it's night and day different when alcohol isn't in the equation. Like I broke out my, my little book of shame here. Um, my little notebook that I used to write in at night occasionally that was just in the basement and like my little armchair, uh, thing. And, you know, that's, I would sit there and she'd be sitting there. I remember, and I'd be writing, you know, just pull this out and like, why can't I stop drinking? You know, I should be a better father. And these are all just, you know, I'm sorry, Avery, you know, things like that, that kind of wore me down, I guess. And were part of the reason why I decided that I needed to change. But, uh, but yeah, it's definitely, it was definitely harder to be a good father when I was drinking. What pushed you to make that decision to stop and not like stop for a bit or try to moderate or, or, or just skip a day or something? Uh, because I tried that before. Like I knew I've said this before on different lives or podcasts or whatever, but you know, the, the, so I always feel like a broken record, but, uh, yeah, I'll repeat it here. Like it's the, uh, uh, the book, uh, Russell, uh, recovery by Russell Brand. Um, because I was, I, I was trying to find something because I didn't know, you know, I, I didn't, I was on Instagram and I posted barbecue and pics of beer and bourbon. Like that's what I did. Like, I didn't know this whole world of Instagram as it existed. And all I thought was either you just drank or you're an alcoholic, right? I mean, those are the two options. Um, and if you're an alcoholic, you go to AA. And I was like, I looked into that. I'm like, that's not me. Like, uh, there's no way I can sit there and like none of that jives with me so i I, i'm like i like russell brand so let's see what he he kind of reframes it and uh it still didn't stick with me after i read that book but you know his his line of uh you know are you on your own gonna unfuck yourself can i swear on here yes (laughs) (laughs) okay so um but uh that hit me like a ton of bricks and that's when I was like, no, I, I need to do something. I, I need to do something. Um, that something still wasn't, you know, go into a meeting. But I started looking at other options. And, uh, but that really was the, I feel, catalyst to, it, it was just, all, it was like a whole bunch of little things at the end. Like, there's all these big things that piled up, I feel. And then at the very end, it was just a little, like, I was listening to Audible that January and I was listening to that and it, that kind of was driving to work. And I was like, huh, I'm like, wow. Like that's, you know, I was driving home with Avery one time and it was a blue October song that it was, I have a tattoo of it here. It's like, you know, I should have been a better man, but a shoulda, coulda, woulda, isn't what a better man would do. That kind of hit me. Like, you know, I'm like, you're not being a better man, a better father. So it was just all kinds of like little things like that, that really, I feel was the straw, right? That, that broke my back. And so one of the other things finally was, I was like, while I was researching stuff, I was looking at therapy. And that's when, when I said, finally enough was enough. I just, I'm like, that's it. I'm just going online and signing up right now. Uh, I'm not thinking about it anymore. And I just kind of felt a weight lift when I just did that alone. And then I had to worry about like, oh shit, now what, now what am I going to say? Now I have to talk to somebody now. Like this is, I've never done that before. So I needed to do something different, trying to do a, a dry month uh, and then failing again. It wasn't, wasn't the way to go. I know one's definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and expecting a different result. Right. So I knew I had to do something different. So was therapy your main source of support? Did you do anything else? Uh, I started uh, with therapy that January. I actually have a meeting with the, her tonight uh, at nine, but uh, you know, the same person. So that's been my like main source of support throughout. But yeah, early on, that's basically that and like books and podcasts and stuff like information. Like I just devoured people's stories and uh, listening to podcasts and, and things like that. But, you know, she would give me, my therapist would give me, you know, worksheets to do and, and think through and, you know, in between our sessions and, you know, so, th- and there was a lot of uh, messaging that I would do with her. So like, it was almost like my journal uh, where I would, you know, anytime I 
you know, Avery pissed me off for some reason. And I was like, Nope. I'm like, okay, calm down. I know you want to drink right now, but just like go into the app and, and message and just kind of write it out. And that's kind of where that whole tool started for me of journaling was by doing that. So uh, yeah, that therapy was my main tool. And then from there, you know, over time, uh, I've obviously gotten added more and more things to that uh, list. That was the one thing that was different. Like I, I've never talked to anybody before. I highly recommend it to everybody. Um, Me too. <laughs> but but uh, and actually, that's one of the things. I think this past summer, I was listening to it was a School of Greatness podcast um, where he was interviewing a therapist. And, uh, you know, they were talking about the whole mental health checkups, like, you know, everybody should do it just like, you know, you go to a doctor every year, you should or whatever, you know, of doing a mental health checkup and making it just a normal part. And I I was like, totally on board with that. So then I kind of went to my daughter and I said, would you ever want to talk to somebody? So I, I talked to my therapist a little bit about it before I approached Avery just to make sure, but, uh, so I, I set her up with my therapist and just said, you know, Hey, have you ever, you know, she had like two 30 minute sessions. And after that, she was like, no, she's like, I'm good. I don't need to talk to her, but I'm like, that's fine. I'm like, but all, but I wanted you to do that because I want you to know that if you ever have, you know, if you ever need to talk to somebody, just let me know and say, Hey, I need to talk to her. I'm not going to ask what's going on, whatever. I will just book you an appointment and you can go talk to her. Um, I won't grill you about it or, or anything. It's just, I feel it's just important to, you know, let her have that uh, outlet if she needs it too. So she might not want to do it, but uh, at least she knows it's there. Hopefully. That makes me so happy that you're just normalizing therapy with her. And, and she must have had a good experience. She would have told you if she had a bad experience with the therapist. Um, but now she knows what it's like. It's not as yeah. scary or intimidating anymore. She knows that like, she doesn't have to tell you all of her secrets. She can yeah. go and take care of her mental health and, and like you're supportive. You don't have to know anything. So I think that's amazing. Yeah. yeah I, and that was like one of the, so she definitely, you, you could tell like, whenever I first approached her about it, like usually if she doesn't want to do something, she's like, no, I'm not, no, I want, but she was kind of like, I I feel like she was almost like she didn't want to hurt my feelings. So she just like, was like, Oh, okay, whatever, you know? And, you know, I think she has friends who uh, go to therapy too. So I think it's already kind of a little bit normalized there. uh, Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know how they think about it, but uh so she did it kind of, I feel like almost out of a courtesy for me without giving me much trouble. Um, but, uh, you know, I could tell like she didn't want to do it anymore. So if she went twice and we said, you know, maybe every couple months you check in or whatever. So I kind of followed up with her a couple, you know, two, three, four months later and was like, Hey, do you want to talk to her? And she's like, no. And I'm like, that's when I kind of said, like, you know, listen, just tell me, you know, just say, Hey, I want to talk to Nikki. And if you do that, you know, because I feel like, you know, if she's like, oh, I need to talk to somebody, she feels like, you know, I'd be like, well, what are you, what's wrong? What's going on? You know? And I'm like, if you ever want to talk to her, I will never ask you what you want to talk to her about. Um, so just let me know. I think that was important in my opinion, which is why I did it. But Yeah. Instead of taking offense, like, why can't you talk to me? You don't, you don't trust me. You don't, you don't want to tell me your secrets. It's not, it's not anything against you. It's just someone extra to talk to. Yeah. I know she doesn't want to talk to me about some of this stuff. So um, (laughs) if anything, my wife would probably be more offended, but, uh, but no, I mean, you know, sometimes some things are just hard to uh, talk about. When you stopped drinking, was it hard for you to tell your family? Was that something that you were really nervous about? Um, I was, um, because again, nobody I really knew had kind of come out and said, Hey, I have a problem. So I, I think, you know, I told my brothers first, my, my one brother who's cl- who lives close to me. Um, and we talked about it more and like, he gave me a book, uh, you know, that he got at one point, uh, I think it was like rational recovery, you know, that he, so I, you know, he was, he was very supportive from 
from the start. And, you know, I, I say he, he was one of the first ones that kind of planted in my brain, like, cause I was always like, okay, well, this is just, even when I stopped, it was just a way to stop until I could drink normally again. Um, it wasn't a forever thing. And he was the first one to kind of say, as we were talking about something, I was like, kind of brought that up as I was talking to my therapist and, you know, going back and forth and there's vacation coming up and there's this and there's that. And he's like, you know, he's like, maybe you just shouldn't drink ever again. And coming from him, who I, I would call my drinking buddy, you know, we, we would always go to, to the neighborhood bar together and do all, you know, just all the time. And I was kind of like, huh, I'm like, that's interesting. And I, he almost gave me a permission to do it, you know? So that was very good. Uh, from, from that standpoint, uh, he's very supportive. And, you know, and I told my parents eventually, um, just cause that, you know, they live a couple hours away and, you know, it just didn't come up or we weren't together. And, um, and actually like some of the, you know, over the next couple of months, like I, you know, I, I didn't drink for like two months there. And then I think the next time I saw them was like at the end of March, after I just got back from my work trip where I tried to moderate and failed and, and then we were good. And then I was like, well, we're going out to, we got them this, you know, thing for Christmas where we were all going to this winery a couple hours away uh, in Amish country or something. And so I'm like, okay, well, I just got off of this and I'm just, I'm going to drink there then. So I drank there. So everything was, you know, quote unquote normal as far as Kevin was concerned. And then over the course of the next month or so, I kind of, laid off of it although I had an issue where I broke out I had allergic reaction to antibiotics and there's all kinds of like issues there but uh over that next month where I kind of didn't drink but it was kind of because I was on that stuff and then vacation came and then I drank what I call it the other day the the great moderation vacation of 2019 <laughs> like that, that, that was my plan yeah that was my uh that was my goal was to, I'm going to, I'm going to moderate this vacation. And, and, and I kind of did, but you know, it doesn't, it didn't work. So after that, I think in June, then we had, uh, you know, my parents turned both turned 70 that year and they had their 50th wedding anniversary. So, so we had a party and like aunts and uncles came in and, you know, so there was, there was a lot of drinking that night and stuff. And I kind of made it through and, you know, there's a lot of family there and I, told people, you know, I wasn't drinking. And so I didn't drink and, you know, everybody was very supportive. And that was kind of my, I don't know, uh, where everybody in, in the family kind of knew that I wasn't, uh, I wasn't doing it. And then shortly thereafter, I started my Instagram account. And then the cat was out of the bag in early 2020, when I started following everybody. So I mean, I'm trying to go back to your question of, you know, how, how did I come out the family or were they supportive? I mean, they, they, in generally, everybody was, so that was good. And, and it, it helped too that Ange didn't really drink. So I know that's a big issue for a lot of people is because they're significant other drinks. So that kind of made it a little easier for me. And it annoyed me a little bit too, because she was always like, she's like, see, this is what I deal with now. Cause I had to deal with like people like you want, you want to drink, you want this, you, you know what? And I'm like, it's not the same thing. Like you, you never drank, uh, but I get, I get what you're saying. And I agree, but I, I still felt like it wasn't the same thing, but it, it kind of was, she, she had to deal with this all her life the, being the outcast that didn't drink because I, I tried to get her to drink at times too. Like over the course of many years, like there were times like, Oh, here, try this. You know, uh, I, I hope I wasn't too obnoxious about it. And I don't think I was, I'm sure at times there, there was but uh overall i think i just let it be because i knew she was driving home <laughs> yeah driving um always made me nervous because both my husband and i drank and when i would go out alone oh i hated it yeah so that's a good motivator that you have a designated driver yeah. um and i think what your brother said to you probably had a huge impact i think that's really cool that your drinking buddy was like, well, you don't have to drink again, you know? Yeah. And like basically showing you like, we accept you. You don't have to drink to be cool with us. So that that's yeah. great. I think a lot of people don't have, have that type of experience. What did you tell your daughter when you stopped? I don't think I really talked to her about it. Um, again, 
I, for those first couple of months, I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the first time I, I really kind of brought it up to her was we, we would always do these like father daughter weekends where like there's a group of dads and their kids and we would go camping at like the YMCA camps. I mean, staying cabins and all that. Uh, and typically it was, you know, all the kids are playing. We have a fires outside. We're grilling. And, you know, it's over like the weekend. But then at nights, you know, the dads would have, be out of the fire and the kids would be inside. And dads would be cracking some beers. And it was never, you know, nobody's ever getting drunk. But that was just the normal course of the weekend. And, you know, and the girls were always, you know, together in the in the cabins at the end of the night, you know, doing whatever and hanging out. So in that May, we had our camp out and I can't remember how it came up, but I remember when we were driving home, something came up about alcohol and I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't drink at all this weekend. And she kind of like stopped and looked at me as we're, you know, driving. I remember this clear as day, like, she's like, are you serious? Like, really? She's like, she didn't even notice really. But then she was like, huh? She's like, oh yeah. She's like, that's cool. And I'm like, yeah. I'm, and I kind of, we kind of talked a little bit then. I remember like, I'm like, yeah, I stopped drinking and uh, it's just something I'm trying to do. And, you know, so it, we touched on it a little bit. Now we talk about it more. She's a little older. And you know, so it, it is hard, I think, you know, depending on where your kids are at. Uh, she was old enough to realize it. And, and I think old enough to talk about it because uh, she sees, you know, other people and and how they are when they drink and how I was when I drank. Um, so, yeah, she definitely took notice. And over the course, you know, over months and stuff, I would just share more. Um, and now, you know, she's helping me with reels and, <laughs> and different things. And so she's like kind of uh uh, she's wearing her, you know, the dry club thousand hours dry sweatshirt that she stole from me all the time. And so we, we definitely talk about it now. If it, you know, if it comes up, like, you know, I have non-alcoholic beverages downstairs, like the, the liars spirits. And so she was asking about that one time. She's like, so what is that? I'm like, it's just, it's, it's a non-alcoholic drink that, and she's like, so, you know, I can't remember exactly what she said about that, but we had a little conversation about it and I'm like, yeah, it's just something different for me to, to drink besides coffee and water. Um, and not everybody likes it. I don't mind it. And some, you know, I enjoy it and it is what it is, but, uh, you know, so we have like those little things that she asks about occasionally that are nice little moments to share. You guys have the best reels. Um, I think this is when I first started paying attention to, to like your alcohol free parenting. Um, cause I knew that you were a parent, but I didn't know much about it. And then I remember you made this one reel with like all the cigarettes and how alcohol causes cancer. And yeah. I loved it. It was the best reel ever. And then you told me that your daughter helped you make it. I th- it's just so cool that she's involved with all the stuff and, and that she sees that it's not shameful. Like you're not an alcoholic hiding away, embarrassed that everyone in your family is ashamed of. You're just like a cool, regular guy who still has fun. Like there's nothing wrong with being a person who does not drink. Yes, exactly. And that's, but yeah, she, she, yeah, she helps me with all that stuff. I I remember doing the one reel where I was just like, you know, the party's not over. It's just different. And, you know, I had a bunch of different non-alcoholic options and we were like sitting there watching the, a football game and, you know, high five in the reel. And then she was like the director, like taking each can. He's like, okay, well, you know, here's, here's a can, like we'll keep swapping it out. Don't move your hand. And she's, so she's helping me with all that stuff. And it's kind of, it's definitely fun to do. And she's using her TikTok skills to help me. But uh, yeah, like, I feel like it's important to show her like, cause we just got back from vacation uh, this past weekend and obviously didn't drink there. And just, you know, I don't know if she notices it, but I know she'll know, I know she'll remember it. Like I know she'll remember uh, potentially like old, old vacations where I was just a drunken mess on the first night just because that was the night I always like okay you know the stress from work 
and I finally, the stress from travel and you finally get there and you're just like, oh, I'm going to need a drink. And, and that just goes off the rails. But I know she'll remember that in the future and, and know like when she thinks back, like, okay, you don't need to drink on vacation. Like people think, and just stuff like that. I feel like the, the longer I do it and, and the more she sees, the more normal it will become. And like I always say, like she's seen me drunk, like I can't help that, but I'm kind of glad she's seen me drunk because now she can see me this way. So I it's like kind that. of a benefit in my head. You know, I could feel shameful about it uh, or, or, you know, yeah, there, there, just there's things that, you know, I felt bad about in the past and it took me, you know, talking, talking to my therapist about it to kind of, uh, you know, get past it. But like nobody else remembers except me. Like, you know, I remember her fifth birthday party and I would do this thing where I would like in the yard, you'd, she'd be like laying on the ground, you grab her feet and then you just spin around with her. Like, so her head's like far away from me. Um, and she, she loved it. Well, you know, I was drinking and I was spinning her a little too fast and I didn't stop quick enough and nothing happened, but that always kind of, I, I'd say, I'll say haunted me just because I always thought like, what if, what if it, what if she slipped out of my hands? What if this, what if that, you know, like that was, that was a big, like, I've never, I, I, I told my wife, I told my therapist that like, it kind of came up, like it kind of just hit me. Like I had thought about that a lot in the past. And it bothered me. Uh, it didn't bother me enough to change, obviously, until later. But when I talked about it with my therapist, I ended up, she's like, well, you should, you should talk to your wife about that. So I did. And she had no clue what I was talking about. Like, nobody remembered it, but I did. And, you know, if I talked to Avery about it now, she would never remember that. She was five. But, uh, you know, just like things like that, like I felt ashamed of or kind of just stuck with me and then I've gotten past it through sharing it and talking about it and kind of working through it in my own head and, and okay, nothing happened, but you know, it could have, but it didn't, you know, move on. Um, but just things like that, like, uh, for me kind of, you know, just things that kind of stuck out that I, uh, had to get past. Yeah. I think that's, probably my first thought when it comes to parenting while you're still drinking is dealing with shame later around memories. Like even if nothing happened and no one remembers it, like for me, I, I have a lot of really shameful memories and some of them I was alone or I was just around strangers. So like actually nobody remembers it, but I still shame myself for it. And and I just imagine like for the parents, it must be so much more magnified because it's your child. So that's good that you were able to free yourself from some of the shame. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard, right? I mean, yeah. what I, what I just told you was, was a big deal in my head, but that could pale in comparison to other people. You know, you know, I remember, you know, walking with her in from, you know, we came home from, uh, I don't know, we were out somewhere and, you know, I carried her in from the car, but I stumbled back and I hit against the car or something like that. Like she was fine, but what if I fell? And, you know, other, other people have fallen with, with their kid like that. And, you know, so, I mean, it all depends. There's different degrees, I guess. And it's, it's, it is hard to get past some of that, but, but if you're making the decision to not drink now, I mean, you're at least, you know, bettering yourself. Right. And hopefully, you know, not allowing that to happen in the future. It kind of keeps me going, I guess. How is parenting without drinking different? It's, it's a lot easier and harder for the same reason. It's a lot easier because um, I'm so kind of, well, I guess early on, it was, it was hard because every little thing she did to annoy me or piss me off or make me angry or do whatever that kids just do, you know, I would always be like, Oh, you know, I, I want to drink like, to, cause that's what I did, I guess. Like any, any kind of emotion, I would always reach for a drink. And, um, I didn't have that now. So it was tough early on, I think for me, but then as time went on, like now, 
she might piss me off for some stupid reason that a teenager does. But, you know, sometimes I might still get angry. But that's where it's like, it's easier because I can control my emotions better. But it's harder because if I do fly off the handle, which I try not to do, but it happens, then I feel maybe bad, even worse about it or whatever, because I'm like, okay, well, I should be able to control my emotions. Like, but it happens and it, uh, you know, they're going to test you. And it's, it's just better from the standpoint of I can handle myself better. I'm, I'm so much more calm than I used to be. And I, I don't think I was a, you know, angry fly off the handle type of person, but just in general, I'm just so much more calm with myself and can handle any emotion better. I think that's a huge bonus when you're parenting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Being able to, to just stay even is very important. Yeah. I was a teacher when I was drinking and I taught, I taught all sorts of age groups, but yeah, when I was probably my worst drinking year, when it really escalated from questionable to like problem, I was teaching first, second, and third grade. And it was very hard to go in with a hangover every single day and see these kids, they're frustrating me and I just want them to do their work. And so I understand a little, not fully, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's worse. (laughs) (laughs) Dealing with other people's kids like that. Although sometimes you get maybe a lot more respect, I guess, but it depends, but uh, wow. Yeah. That would be tough. It was. (laughs) I mean, I could go into work, drink a bunch of coffee and, and do my job and deal with adults. And that was stressful enough. Yeah. Adults are bad enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when the world goes back to normal, um, she'll be in high school in person. Do you worry about that with like my high school? I know there was a ton of drinking and partying and um, all kinds of stuff. Do you worry about that for her? Like, how do you think you'll feel when she starts drinking or starts thinking about potentially drinking? I always say, like, uh, like I said, I'm glad that she's seen me like that. I'm glad that she sees me like this and doing what I'm doing and and she helps me and all that. So I feel like she'll be more aware. I mean, she's a smart kid and I think she'll be, you know, more aware of it, aware of it. Um, I always kind of say I, I'm going to make her read this naked mind as like a book report in <laughs> high school. Um, just keep pushing information on her. I mean, I, I, I know she's going to, she's going to do her own thing. I'm not going to tell her not to drink. And we, we just actually had this conversation on vacation a little bit. Uh, Cause you know, we had a bunch of people there and they were like, you know, well, some, so-and-so whose kid is like going off to college. I don't know the person, but uh, they're like, I kind of want them to, to drink before college because I want them to know what, it's, I don't want them to just go off to college and drink because, you know, that's, you know, is he doesn't know how to handle himself and he's all by himself. Like, I'm like, no, I'm like, I don't know that that's a good idea. I was like, I was trying to think of statistics, like, you know, statistics show that if you start drinking before, blah, 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 that I kind of held back a little bit there, but uh, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but I don't know. I, I don't know, you know, if you have, what your thoughts are on that, but, uh, you know, like I'm not naive enough to know that she's not, you know, especially in college, you know, I know she's probably going to drink. She's going to have to make her own decision. I, you know, I I realize she's going to make her own decisions and, and I'll support her whatever way. I'm not going to tell her she can't, but yeah, I'm not going to encourage it. And I'm definitely not going to encourage it in high school. Yeah. There's, I'll be more strict in high school, I think. But yeah, she's, she'll be, she's, uh, I think two years, a year and a half away from going to high school. So we still have a little bit of time, but, uh, I, yeah, uh, it, it's kind of a, we'll cross that bridge when it comes, <laughs> I think. But, um, like I said, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to try and like, just keep doing what I'm doing. You know, I'll definitely give her information. Uh, I'll be the annoying guy that makes her read a book. Uh, yeah, who knows? I'll make her listen to some of your podcasts. Um, Thank you. Give her more information. But yeah, like 
you know, she'll roll, she'll roll her eyes at that. And it's going to be tough, but, you know, I, I guess I'm going to kind of reinforce that, you know, you don't need to drink to have fun. Right. And I know that's tough as a teenager or a college kid, because in college, you know, that I didn't really drink in high school. I, I remember like two beers I had maybe uh, it, you know, two different times. Like it was just never a thing that we did. But I remember I went on a college recruiting visit and got plastered and threw up and all that stuff. And, you know, that was my first real drinking experience. Um, and then I went to college and it was just more of the same, I guess, just supporter information and let her know that, uh, just keep reinforcing that, you know, not, not the old guy, like, look, you can have fun without drinking, but like just kind of reinforcing that just message overall, sharing a bunch of the, you know, the younger people that we, we see on Instagram here, like, look, this person's 21, 22, 23, 24, you know, and, and making this decision, you know, there is no age where you have to drink or you know, whatever. So. Yeah, I don't know if that was a good answer. That was kind of a no, random answer, but. Uh. <laughs> no, it is. And it's really helpful because I, I do want to have kids someday in the future. Uh, my husband and I talk about potentially adopting. And that's something that I think about, like, how do I talk to them about me and my drinking and, you know, their own drinking in high school or what they see their friends doing and just you kind of want to protect them from being this way, but you can't. And I like your open-minded approach and you just really encourage her to be herself and that you're a safe person and you're not going to like press her for secrets or, or tell her she has to do this and can't do this. And I think that kind of parenting encourages her um, to be open with you and like not sneak around and, and I think that's really good. So that's all I'm saying. I'm rambling, but I think it's really good. Um, so thank you. Yeah, this has been really helpful. And for the parents that are listening that did drink for part or all of their children's childhood, um, what advice do you have for them? Like if they're dealing with shame or worrying about their own kids? I mean, that's tough because, you know, there's just every family dynamic, every, every dynamic relationship is different. So one thing isn't going to, to help, but I mean, I I'd say put your own oxygen mask on first, like take care of yourself first. Um, you know, sometimes that's hard if you're a single parent or, you know, whatever, you know, it was, it was easier whenever I could just, you know, focus on myself a little bit more, which I guess I was already doing when I was drinking. Right. Like, that was that's selfish in itself. Um, but, but I guess, you know, make sure you take care of yourself and work on making yourself better because but in making yourself better, you're going to make your relationships better and shame, shame, shame is there for everybody for lots of things. I, I definitely, you know, I always, I'll always recommend therapy to people you know, like that, I think helps kind of get past some of those shame struggles that we have, but you know, it's just give yourself some grace and you screwed up or I know I screwed up and you kind of have to just say, okay, well, what am I going to do now? Right. You know, cause then there's, there are people who kids might be older and maybe their relationships beyond repair or, you know, there's, there's obviously all kinds of issues, but, um, to the extent that, you know, you know, you, you have younger kids or kids in high school, college, whatever. Um, yeah, I think just helping yourself first and making sure you're good so that you can make sure they're good is, uh, is a key. And then just like leading by example, like, like you said, like, I, I kind of with her in the future, like, I'm, I'm not going to be quiet about it. I'll walk around with my sober AF shirt and my pro recovery power and my, my dry mind. club shirts. <laughs> I know I saw that um, <laughs> my, my, my dry club shirts and, and all that stuff. And, you know, I'll put myself out there on Instagram and, and, and do that kind of thing and just 
keep showing her and her friends and whoever that, you know, I don't need to drink um, and just kind of try to normalize it as much as possible. Yeah, thank you. I've loved this conversation. It's been so helpful for me and I hope it's been helpful for anyone listening. Um, You go live every Saturday, right? Is that, is that like a permanent thing? Uh, typically, uh, yeah, I have been, I didn't do it this Saturday cause we were traveling back from vacation. Um, uh, I went live the Saturday before with Keola just because, uh, I was like, Oh, let's, let me schedule something for when I get down there to kind of ease me into my vacation, uh, without alcohol, my first vacation. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I go live on a thousand hours dry. Uh, I try and do it every week and maybe, you know, we might be switching it up and having other hosts do it, but, uh, for the time being, yeah, uh, I'm doing that. Great. So every Saturday at like noon ish Eastern time. Um, and then I will have your links to your Instagram and to thousand hours dry in the show notes. So I really encourage you guys to follow Kevin or, or reach out if you have any questions for him. Um, and just thank you again for coming on the show. This was really enlightening. Yes. Thank you uh, for having me on. Um, and to add on to that too, like thousand hours dry has, you know, the main page, which is just a thousand hours dry. Um, but then we have all of our satellite pages for different things. And we do have a thousand hours dry parents page too. So check that out. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. So I will also link that one in the show notes because that's an important page. And also thank you for, for being vulnerable with us and sharing some difficult things. And yeah, I hope that you will come back in the future. Definitely. We'll have to have you back on again in, on the uh, lives. Yeah, I would love that. Um, and listeners, I will talk to you guys next week. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips i'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so so inspiring I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.